0: Welcome, everyone, to the first installment of what will hopefully be a long-lasting saga of the most entertaining tour guide tales you've ever feasted your ears upon. Whether you're listening in as one of the many global tour guides I hope to interview, perhaps one of the scared family members or former passengers interested in hearing the the behind-the-scenes, or you're just stumbling upon this podcast, I hope you'll find some way to connect with these crazy stories shared from a life on the road. I'm your host, Nicole. Nearly seven years ago, I took a leap of faith and moved across the world. I'm ecstatic to share that this is not unique within the community you'll be hearing from. After living abroad a year and a half, I returned home even more determined to do something meaningful with this new worldview of mine. Like many of my adventurous coworkers, I wasn't entirely sure if I was qualified when applying, but I took yet another leap into leading multi-week adventure tours around my beloved home of North America. Nearly six years later now, I've met some of the most motivated and downright interesting people that I'm grateful to call some of my closest friends. So before diving into the dirty details, I'd like to quickly share a bit more about the company I worked for to give you some context for many of these tour guide tales. When I began training, I was one of 20 prospective hires in a company with roughly 150 guides at the time. We quickly realized this was a fast-paced, make-or-break environment with the potential to join an intriguing community of quirky, motivated people who didn't subscribe to a traditional lifestyle and had an absolute blast along the way. And it wasn't lost upon us that we would be paid to see more of the United States and Canada than most people in our outer circles. And to top it off, we had the pleasure of showing off our national parks and cities to small group tours of excitable foreigners many of whom had never traveled to a different continent before, let alone gone camping either. Sound like a bit of a dream job? For many of us, it was, and it felt like we had finally found our fellow tribe. One of the main reasons guides were attracted to this company is that we had an incredible amount of independence. Back in the earlier wilder days of a company that formed back in the 1990s, tourism looked a little bit different. You are handed a basic itinerary, list of your passengers, a lot of cash to book hotels and activities, and off you go. In modern times, with rules galore, things have changed a little bit. But in many ways, a similar level of freedom remained right up until the end. Most of our trips, we're the only guide. We're the only bus driver. We are the commentator. We are the luggage loader, the instructor chef, the gear expert. The guidance counselor, the therapist, the medic, the shoulder to cry on, the campfire storyteller, the history professor, the public lands advocate, the wilderness ethics educator, the party bus hype crew. But most importantly, we're the person that gets to affect positive change in the lives of those in our vans and show them a world they hadn't seen before. We worked our asses off, and just about every time, it paid off. We had the pleasure of gaining a global swath of new couch-surfing hosts, otherwise known as the passengers that actually liked us. Not to mention, we could just about bank on pulling up to any campground or hotel, knowing we would run into another one of our co-workers, ready to crack a beer and share in the madness that was a life on the road. Now, the idea for the podcast began as one of our fellow guides began interviewing folks from our company about some of the crazier experiences we'd encountered along the way. He's been very gracious to let me run with this idea and make it come to fruition. And yes, he will be interviewed as planned. My future intention for this podcast is to interview guides from all walks of life, as there's no shortage of fascinating characters you can meet while traveling at home or perhaps abroad. Now that 2020 is nearly coming to a close, this has become a true labor of love for me. Our dear company, as many other tourism-based companies relying on global travel, Have been unable to survive this shitty coronavirus pandemic. It's forcing us all though to take a step back, reflect, and remember the community of people that got us to where we're at today. Because these are the people that get you through the tough times, whether you can physically see them or not. It's especially important now to commemorate these wonderfully adaptable people and our shared appreciation for the beauty this planet has to offer all of us. With every episode, I hope to do for you what our tours have done for us, make you laugh, keep you entertained, and help you realize we have all undoubtedly been through some crazy shit. And just as a heads up, many of these stories will not be deemed PC, and some of them might be downright explicit. Another beauty of the guide community, we don't hold back. Also, instead of your least favorite part of most podcasts where they interrupt you with a sponsored by pause, each episode will be briefly spotlighting a different company that made our jobs not only possible, but much more enjoyable for everyone involved, because there are still plenty of tourism-based companies that could use all the love and support we can give them right now. I will occasionally share some of my own tales from the road, but I'd much prefer to hear your own stories. So if you or anyone you know with a bonkers tale that fits the bill, please send them my way to tourguidetalespodcast at gmail.com. Without any further ado, our first episode today highlights one of the exciting, yet potentially stressful hazards of the job, crossing country borders. Only a select few of our tours crossed from the United States into Canada and back, and once upon a time in the wilder days, crossing into Mexico was just another day. On today's episode, we'll spotlight two tour guides regaling us with the potential perils of making it back home safe and sane. First, we'll hear from
1: Shirley and her tale of the mysterious firewood debacle. I think um, a stressful moment in any tour guide's life is the first time that they have to cross a border. Um, so it's pretty stressful to take a group of 22 foreigners across a border, particularly into the United States. Um, our border patrol agents are not so kind. Um, so I'll start back in the morning of, our, of this border crossing. I was super diligent about making sure that we didn't have any fruits or vegetables or dairy products um, or firewood, um, to the point where I actually like unloaded everything and double checked and then reloaded everything um, one of my travelers actually put the firewood back into the trailer, but I got it back out. Um, so we drove the two hours to the border, um, got there. Everything's going swimmingly. Um, it was really great. We were the first in line. We didn't have to wait for anyone in front of us. Mm-hmm, right? It's the the only goal. Um, and so all of the travelers unloaded. They were um, started to show their IDs to the border patrol agent. And then um, one of the agents came and asked me to open the trailer. I had checked everything, so I was super confident. I opened all of the doors to the trailer. So like, just like, yeah, look at it. Like, I looked at this shit. Um, And there was firewood just sitting right dab, smack dab in the middle of the back door of the trailer. And um, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought I checked. I know the rules. I know the rules so sorry like what do we do and the border patrol agent had no idea what we should do and so he took this firewood he took it into his superior and he was like I think it's no big deal I think that we just like have a place where we put this like there's like this pile of oranges and I think that we just put the firewood there and it gets confiscated and I think we burn it and I was like great 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 thanks so much so sorry um, so all of my travelers are still just going through the motions of border patrol and then this um agent comes back out to me and he's like actually this firewood needs to go back to canada <laughs> and so i'm like okay how how do you suggest that i get this firewood back to canada um because i'm driving a 25 passenger bus with a trailer can i just like walk it you know the 10 feet back into canada and he's like "No, no no you're gonna need to drive it back into canada so i'm like okay cool I can do this. I was like, can my all of my travelers just stay here and keep going through the process? And I drive back in, back to Canada, drop it off. He was like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, where do I put it? Where do I put the firewood? And he was like, I don't care. Just kick it into Canada. So I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I can do this. Um, so I drive, um, make a, this a U-turn that was way too tight, like very scary U-turn to go back into Canada. I get to Canadian Border Patrol and show them my passport. And um, I had been like checked into the United States, but not back out. So now I'm sitting at Canadian Border Patrol and they say, you're not allowed to be in two places at once, so what should we do? And I was like, I have no idea. You tell me what I should do. I'm standing there he goes and talks to his superior he comes back and he's like okay we'll let you go in but we need to know what's in the trailer Mm. so I, I know there's no firewood in the trailer because that's now on the bus for me to kick into Canada um so he goes and looks in he goes and looks in the trailer and he's like this is a lot of luggage for someone who has no passengers and I'm like yeah 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 I left my passengers in the United States while I kicked the firewood into Canada. (laughs) And the Canadian Border Patrol says, well, don't you see how it looks suspicious (laughs) for one person to be coming across a border with 22 people's luggage, but no people? I'm like, yes. Yes. (laughs) I do see why that looks suspicious. Will you just take this fucking firewood (laughs) and let me go back to the United States? So I explained the whole situation. I had this, like, form that they, like, the United States Border Patrol had given me to have the Canadian Border Patrol fill out. Canadian Border Patrol had never seen this paper before. Um, But I like shed a few tears and told them i really just need to get rid of this firewood and go back to the 22 humans who are just waiting at this point they're just standing standing there waiting for me to come back and so they let me and so i go i have to make another really sketchy u-turn back in because they don't really expect you to just head into canada and then go back to the united states and keep doing this so i make another sketchy u-turn i physically kicked the firewood off the highway, down the median, and then I go back to um, re-enter the United States. And this time, I wasn't so lucky to be first in line. There were two Greyhound buses in front of me. So I had to wait for 60 human beings to be checked through the border. So all in all, three hours later, I ended up back at where my travelers had been waiting for me for hours to pick them up. You would think, now the story's over. I got rid of the firewood, great. Well, as I was driving back in, um, I touched one of the radiation sensors. So whenever you drive through a border, there's a sensor that tests your vehicle for radiation. And my vehicle had like touched one of the sensors, so it set it off. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up and I finally had gotten there and the guy who had made me drive back into Canada Um, came out, and he was like, I'm so sorry, but you've tested positive for radiation. So he brought out this, like... This is a joke. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. So he brought out this, like, Ghostbusters, like... (laughs) This, like, giant square contraption that he had to point at the bus. Like, physically, every point of the bus and trailer, he had to, like, scan and test for radiation Meanwhile, all of my passengers are standing there just watching me, just watching the bus get, like, scanned by this radiation thing. I don't even know. And then they go back, and it, like, prints out this little paper, and they have to go scan it on a computer. And then um, he comes back out, and he was like, you're not going to believe me, but you tested positive for fluorides. I was like, sorry, I brush my teeth. I don't know. Um, so he said so the, the, yeah so the vehicle tested positive for fluoride so then he said, now we need to test you for radiation oh. <laughs> this, is real life. this is real life 100% and I had an audience of just humans watching me. And at this point, I think it's hilarious because like how could it not be funny? I think they think I'm about to get arrested, but I have to stand there, like, you know how you, whenever you walk into, whenever you go through airport security, you have to stand with your feet on the yellow, yellow feet marks and put your hands up. I had to stand like this while they shot me with this radiation (laughs) detector and um, turns out I did not test positive. I had no fluoride on me. So the guy was like, he told me, he was like, just go fast and get out of here. And so I went and I loaded up my travelers and just like drove to the Ben and Jerry's factory, actually. Oh, shit. Um, but I think I think my favorite I think my favorite part of the story is who was responsible for putting the wood back in the trailer. And I found out weeks later it was actually my co-guide who put the wood back in the trailer. So that was fun. It's a good time. Holy shit. Yeah. Cool.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Damn. crazy. Woo! Now that's definitely one of the more stressful border stories I've heard about so far. But I'm glad everything worked out okay. And now for a quick company spotlight:
2: Simpsons Trail Handler Tours. Enjoy the amazing sights and sounds of Navajo Nation as you journey through the majestic Monument Valley buttes, spires, Navajo tacos, and stories of tradition make this an unforgettable excursion. Give Ralph at Simpsons Trail Handler Tours a call before December 30th to book your special rates or buy tour vouchers for your loved ones for when Monument Valley can safely reopen in 2021.
0: And now TJ has the pleasure of sharing how his worst passenger made crossing the border of Canada and the United States even better.
2: Well, thank you, narrator. My name is TJ. Uh, I was a tour guide for about five years on the road. Uh, one thing that always sticks with you is just those those terrible passengers who do their best to ruin all trips. I had one named Mark. Um, my tour started out with Mark. I was running a Christmas tour that had a nice, uh, had a couple border crossings into Canada. Uh, but Mark starts off our original meeting, takes me to the side and says, you know, Tyler, I... Uh, There's something I really need to speak to you about privately. I go, okay, Mark. This should be good. And Mark says, uh, I snore really loudly. And I go, well, you know, this is a group tour. This is okay. Like, uh, people bring earplugs. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, you don't understand. He goes, this will be the loudest you've ever heard. And I said, Mark, well, luckily I don't share a room with you, so it doesn't bother me a whole lot. And he goes, it's going to be a problem on tour. He goes, I've tried everything. He goes, I've seen the doctor. Anything you've seen on TV, he goes, nothing works. He goes, I'm, I'm like a chainsaw. Walmart like, well, <laughs> really appreciate you telling me this. Um, we'll, we'll get to it if it becomes an issue. And it was an issue, but that, that wasn't the worst part about him. So we're in Canada, and we spent a nice Christmas day in Montreal. The next day, we're, we're heading down, down into Vermont towards Stowe. And I, I thought I made it very clear that we were going from Canada to the United States. These were all international travelers and I thought there was a certain level of understanding of what that took to cross a border. So we're driving to the border. It's a smaller border crossing. There's there's three tours going and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in third. I'm the, the third van. So we pull up into the commercial vehicle lane and we were given very strict instructions to not move. Nobody gets out of the van. We just, we wait for the border patrol. They'll come talk to us, give us instructions. Don't mess this up or they won't let us into the United States. And so we're sitting there for about 20 minutes, and I think I noticed something in Mark's lap that looked like a bottle of alcohol. And being a commercial driver, that's kind of a big no-no in any situation, especially at the border. So I ask him, I say, hey Mark, uh, is that booze in your lap? And he goes, no, 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 Tyler. He goes, uh, I wouldn't do that. You're, you're driving. Perfect. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> So we got another 20 minutes, and the you know, border crossings are very slow, and he gets kind of nervous, and he says, uh, hey Tyler, I'm, uh, he goes, I don't have my passport. And I look at him, I say, Mark, um, what? He goes, I don't, I don't have my passport. And I go, uh, where is it? He goes, well, it's, it's in the trailer behind the van. So in my mind, I'm, I'm deciding, you know, what's worse? Showing up without his passport. Or, you know, do we just do it? We haven't seen a Border Patrol agent in an hour. We're the third van in line. Like, can we just sneak this out and not worry about it? So I I go, Mark, I go, here's here's what's going to happen. I go, we're both in the front seat. I'm like, we're going to jump out. We're going to get into this trailer. And I go, within 30 seconds, we're going to get your passport, and we're going to get back into the front seat like nothing happened. He goes, okay, Tyler, I'm ready. (laughs) So we jump out of the van. And I immediately hear glass breaking. And I run to the back. and Mark's on his knees. And he's looking at the ground. He had dropped a bottle of wine that was in his lap onto the ground. His first move was to pick up all the glass he could. And he cut his hands. Like, somewhat badly. So he runs back just, Tyler, what do I do? Bleeding like he's bleeding. We're still Sans' passport. And I'm like, I really need your passport here, Mark. Like, this is going to be a problem if we don't have your passport. So he gets his passport. We ignore the glass all over the ground. And we get into the van. And then the line starts moving. And it's almost our turn to go up to Border Patrol. And he is literally bleeding uncontrollably <laughs> in my front seat. And I'm like, so I am in the front seat. Border Patrols themselves are a little tricky. And I have a foreigner bleeding in my front seat. So we're trying to, like, mop it up. And I'm just swearing at him just constantly. And we finally, like, we're pouring, like, bottles of water on his hands. And we put, like, eight Band-Aids. And we just wrap him up. And just got a couple of questions from the, the Border Patrol. We, everything went somewhat smoothly. But fucking Mark. Just... Lied to me, ripped up his hands, forgot his passport at the border. God, he's the fucking worst. And at the end of the trip, I had four complaints because he snored every night.
1: (laughs)
0: Thank you guys so very much for joining us on this first episode of Tour Guide Tales. We hope to see you for our next episode where a few guides will be sharing some of their most embarrassing moments from the road. Until next time!